Jalen in San Francisco Bay Area. Jalen's in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh. This- stop, stop, stop. stop. <laughs> Ow! Uh, that, yeah, I, I went there, Mike. I uh, went there, motherfucker. Hey, hey Joey. Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, hey Joey. Joey. Hi, Mike. <laughs> no one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down the spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Yellow, Mike. (laughs) And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over a decade, and each week we just call one another and we catch up. I'm tired of this joke. I'm editing this out. We're just going to jump into this. Well, you, you know, I just said that long spiel, so the joke is all on you. So the amount of space you put in there is up to you. Okay. People listening, it's going to sound like there's no space because I'm cutting it all out, but there was tons of space there. I just want everyone to know. How are you, Joe? I'm doing very well, actually. Good. Um, I went to um, – I, I have a new winner. Uh, best barbecue in L.A., hands down, Bloodsos in Los Angeles. Ooh. Well, I know it sounds like blood. I know or blood. It's a yeah. I don't like that blood, and it's a place that serves meat. You know what? It. I didn't think about it because I know what. It's not spelled like that. It's spelled B L U D S O. So I didn't even think about it. But yeah, now uh-huh. that you say it says blood. So yeah, how weird. And it's a meat place. It's not like get a salad at Bloodsos. It's yeah. like come get animal flesh. You know what's weird about Bloodsos is that the original one. There's only two. And the original one for years is like this ghetto ass place in Compton, but it's just legendary for how good the barbecue is. So they opened up a place in like um, the nicer part of the city, and it's super super fancy. <laughs> they must have some investor who just uses their food because I I don't know it's crazy crazy fancy. So anyway, Michael and Julia asked me to go to the fancy one last night. So it, thank God, same prices as the Compton one. And it was wonderful. It was the first time you were there? Yeah, but that's the point of the story, because we do not do restaurant reviews on this show. Good. The point is, so Michael and Julia are like, come over at this time, and we'll walk over there. So when you say, when, when someone says to me, walk over there, it's like, oh, it's, you know, a nice little stroll. Sure. It was a mile and a half away. <laughs> and I had to go somewhere afterwards, and I was like, not it's, dressed to walk. It's so L.A. of you. I had to walk a mile and a half in, like, dressy shoes. I mean, just the other day, I walked almost two miles for dinner. But were you wearing, like, dressy shoes? Yeah, I was wearing uh, high heels, actually. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so mad at them, right? Thank God the place I was going to afterwards was across the street, because I would not have walked back. I would have taken a cab. (laughs) That's so L.A. So L.A. They would have been like, okay, Joe, let's walk back, and then a car with a pink mustache on the front... Would have just driven up, and I would just would have hopped inside and been like, so long, sluts, and then just driven away. You guys don't have Lyft, though, right? Yeah, we do. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you could have done that. Yeah, but I didn't have to. Like, thank God the place I was I was going to see a movie with some friends, mm-hmm. and it was literally across the street, which, by the way, I was meeting Shannon and some other people to go see this movie, and we sat outside at Bledsoe's, and so, like, we're outside. I can <laughs> see the movie theater, right, across uh-huh. the street. I kept telling Shannon that. Shannon was like, um, Joe, I'm almost at the theater. Are you there? I'm like, hey, I'm across the street. 
hey, Joe, I parked. There's a line. And I was like, yeah, bitch, I'm across the street. I can see it. <laughs> All right, well, I'm in line. I don't know where you are. And I was like, I wanted to literally choke her to death. Just yell her name. She would have just looked up. I started it. waving to her like a lunatic. Oh, so anyway, that's not the point of these stories. Okay. Oh, so, I, I'm so shocked that one of your stories has a point. Ew. So we go to, so this barbecue place is amazing, right? And so I'm like, oh, just shoving flesh in my mouth, right? <laughs> and That's funny. I was doing that last night too, but never mind. Ew. <laughs> I can't imagine you blowing someone. You seem very... Next story. Okay, so finish. You had a point to the story. Let's get to it. Um, I'm eating. So they have the... It's a sort of family style. So the the barbecue sauce comes in these little, like, um, ramekins. <sighs> right? I hate family style. Actually, this place wasn't too bad in the family style. But yes, I agree with you. Generally, I hate family style. But this one wasn't too bad. So, so the sauce comes in a little ramekin. And I'm dipping the meat in the ramekin. Girl, I dropped the biggest. I'm about to leave too. Like I'm like, eh, I'm not hungry anymore. I'll do one last bite. The biggest blob of barbecue sauce all over my shirt. Oh, <laughs> right. Uh huh. Just go home and change it. Oh wait. Exactly. So I'm like, ugh, right? So then I ask the waitress for a club soda. She brings it, and I actually gets most of it out. But now I have a big, effing like. Africa-sized wet spot in my shirt. And I look like a lactating mom who couldn't pump. That's what I look like, right? So I'm like, okay, duh, that was horrible. So I'm like, okay, one. I'm going to leave right now. One more for the road. I drop another huge bomb <laughs> of barbecue sauce. Are you 12? I know. And then I, well, I'm going to start wearing a bib. <laughs> and then when I was walking across the street, my shoes were untied. <laughs> um, and then I peed my pants. <laughs> so um anyway so yeah and so then I, I just had club soda all over the front of my shirt like a lunatic i look at like the biggest slob going to this movie who by the way here's a weird story i'm not going to talk about the movie i cannot explain why but there was a line to get in the movie and then they opened the theater and as we're walking in kathy griffin's just standing at the uh front of the theater like saying like saying hi to people as they walk into the theater what she has nothing to do with the movie Okay. She was there to see the movie, actually, because she sat close to me in the theater. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think she was waiting, waiting, and it was just awkward because people were passing by her and going, like, what the fuck is Kathy Griffin standing by this theater for, right? Right. But then uh, Pat Keene also went with me and Shannon. Uh-huh. I have, Pat Keene is probably one of my closest comedian friends. Yeah. I've known him for years. She stops him, and she's like, Pat. And she has a full conversation with Pat Keene. And I'm like, about their history? They're like but really good friends and you had no idea? Yeah. And I was like, afterwards, we got a beer. I'm like, how do you know Kathy Griffin? And actually, it makes sense. He knows her through, you know, who. And, uh. Wait, I don't know who. Oh, sure. Your, your barbecue story kind of reminds me. My family, um, there's a barbecue place near my family's house and my, Dad has this friend who I, who I haven't seen in a while, but he has this friend that's kind of like socially a little bit awkward, and his name's Pete. And one time we went to barbecue, and we were like all eating, and they bring out like the um everyone's meal comes with like a side of baked beans, right? Mm-hmm. So they bring out this like bowl of baked beans and put it down on the table, and he's like, "Oh, thank you," and he like she put it next to him. He just starts eating it straight from the bowl. No. Because he thought it was, like, his bowl of baked beans that they gave to him. No. And 
And then all of us kind of are like making eye contact and watching, but like nobody said anything. <laughs> so did you get, did anyone get any baked beans? Or nobody else got baked beans. He ate all the baked beans straight from the little bowl. <sighs> That's probably what they thought of me. Cause then get this movie lets out everybody after the movie place is like, eh, well, where should we go? <laughs> and they go, let's go to blood sauce. <laughs> And I go back no. to the barbecue place. And, the and you're wa- like, oh, I was just there. Let's go somewhere else. No, they overruled me. And the waitress was like, um, <laughs> weren't you just here? <laughs> and she even said, like, I'll take you guys' order. And then she goes, she goes to everybody there. And then she goes to me. And she goes, you don't want anything, right? <laughs> and I was like, no. But I, no, in honesty, I really was super, super full. Yeah. But, like, it's funny. She was just like, ugh, this pig with his barbecue <laughs> stains on his shirt. And you're f- totally rememberable because of the, the people uh, always remember stains. me anyway. I'm like, but the stains too, like that's a story. The stains, and they're there, you know. And the way you talk to people too, though, yeah. like you talk to them, and like that's mm-hmm. it's hard to forget. Yeah, yeah. So anyway. I went to speaking of food, I went to this uh, Chinese place in Oakland, and it's uh, vegetarian, a vegetarian Chinese place, mm-hmm. and it was pretty good, but. Um, so Rod Kyle can uh, he's he might be listening, but he can eat. This boy can really eat. I've said it in the past, but I, it's one thing that I really like about him. Um, so we go and we ordered three dinners, and then we just like put them all on the table and ate them together. Do you know what I mean? Like three dishes. And hello, hello. Oh, you you're not saying anything. I'm listening to the story. I'm enthralled by your story. My stories are better when you talk. Okay. And so, so Rod Kyle was tell stop, me about. I'm telling a story. <laughs> <laughs> and so we ordered uh, these three things. Are like each dish in my head. I think each dish was about ten dollars a piece, give or take. But I think that's kind of like the ballpark of all of the entrees on the menu. So uh, we it, the bill comes. Actually, the woman comes up and she's like, "You know what? Our um, printer is not working. So can you? Would you mind going up to the counter to pay?" Nice, no problem, whatever. So I get up. I I I was gonna pay. We actually had the back and forth. Like, no, you got last time. No, I got whatever. Uh, so I get up to pay, and I actually had cash because I still don't have a debit card. By the way, still don't have a motherfucking debit card. Where's your bank? Down the street. <laughs> but the um the woman tells me the price, but she was like kind of timid and spoke very quietly. So I. Thing I thought she said twenty something, and I had a twenty, and I had a ten dollar bill. So I gave her the thirty bucks, and then she gives me back twelve dollars. What? So yeah, so that means I didn't really understand exactly what happened, but in my head, I didn't. I thought that she gave me back twelve dollars from a twenty, meaning she only charged me eight bucks, and I was like, oh, I think you gave me the wrong change, and she said, nope, that's right. So then I sit down and I'm like confused and I'm trying to think of like how much to tip. And then what would you do in this situation? Would you just tip really large? Or would you just say like suckers and then give her a normal tip? I would give a big tip. So I I ended up just dropping the $10 on the table for, I mean, if the bill was only 18, that's a fairly decent sized tip, right? Yeah. But, um, I really feel like I was charged wrong, but. In my head, I was thinking I only paid $8, so I was like, I'll give her anything, you know? But in actuality, I gave $18, but whatever. 
Um, what so did that, you order? We had orange chicken with the chicken in quotation marks. Oh, yeah, chicken. And we had um, like a – shit, what else did we have? Like a fried noodle dish. And then we had um, something – oh, and then a fake beef kind of dish. It was good. I I don't like fake meat a lot. Um, I I like vegetarian places, but if when they're like this is a you know a fake meatball, then it usually fails. It's not good. You know, usually I agree with you, but um, I don't know what they do at this Veggie Grill. It's a small chain. I don't know if there are any in San Francisco. Not that I know of. With their fake chick, they call it chick apostrophe n chicken. Uh-huh. It is uh-huh. so good. I don't know what – well, it's like the unhealthiest vegan place ever. Yeah. But their food is so good. There was a vegan joint in uh, Phoenix actually called Green that I really liked. And they had um, just like really good meals and like really excellent iced tea. And then they would – I mean nothing was healthy about this place either though. It was like they have a like milkshakes made out of soy milk and um, like – chicken parmesan they call like the no harm chicken parm yeah it's called like stuff like that but you're right like you're not necessarily getting something healthy when you're eating vegan no no trust me as someone who's cooked vegan many 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 times you can be extremely unhealthy and vegan but would you say that maybe you make better choices when you're vegan so like you're not like hmm i can have you know like some steak and eggs or i could have a nice fresh fruit salad or something. Like, do you um, just find yourself making better choices? No, but you know, I'll say this. Even when you're eating unhealthy vegan, you're still eating very healthy for what what could be. Does that make sense? Yeah. But uh, it's not necessarily slimming, I guess is a better word. I think, I think it's probably still a healthy, reason. Though. I think a reason you might be successful at when you do vegan is because you're like th- you put thought into every meal. Regardless of if it's vegan or not, but you're like actually like thinking about it instead of like doing fast, easy alternatives, which tend to be like tons of carbohydrates and tons of fat and sugar. Well, that's true. But also, you know what it is, is I learned early on is if you try, and we've talked about this on the show before, actually, one of the big lessons, you can have amazing vegan food, but vegan food, when it tries to be something else, tends to fail. Yeah. You know, but when you're like, oh, here's an amazing just vegan dish. It's not trying to be meat or not trying to be uh, this or that. It's usually pretty good. But then the, right. the but the places we're talking about, though, they they do do a good job of, um, I guess, trying to mimic the flavors. Right. I do have in my uh, refrigerator right now, though, like vegan margarine. That's delicious and just perfect. I, I, I don't have a problem with vegan A's either. Ugh, I don't know. I will... I can't even. I've never, but I've only used it when I'm vegan. Does that make sense? So. Yeah, I only eat best food. So. Oh, I, oh yeah, no. So. A per, there's, a, there's a friend of mine that I have who I've never mentioned on the show, um, Lori, who is a comedian friend of mine, one of the funniest comedians I know, and but she's like weird, right? And her family's like, weird. Okay. Like genuinely weird. Like so, the story I'm telling you. She didn't tell me to be funny. She wasn't saying, like, here's a funny story. She was actually kind of, like, sharing something personal. Uh-huh. But she was like, oh, yeah, you know, I there's, like, one side of my family that I haven't even talked to in, like, 10 years. And I was like, oh, my God, what happened? She goes, well, one side of my family likes best food, and the other side... <laughs> 
the other side likes um, Miracle Whip, uh-huh. and we can't have family parties because each side will only use the other. And so I just we don't talk to them anymore. And I was like, no. This- and she doesn't think that that's funny. Like she's a funny person, so she must see no, that that's humorous. No, no, that's no. weird. What else happened to you this week? Anything podcast worthy? So Jose has been in New Mexico uh, filming this movie, and he's having a great time. And we talk like every day. And he calls me and he tells me what's going on. And he's having. Just, I mean, look, you're 19 and you're filming a movie. So like, how much worse can life be, or how much better can life be? So he was telling me this, but I was really concerned because I wanted to make sure that he really took this seriously and that he was focusing on his work. And so he was telling me about and I just, all I all I said was, "I'm really glad you're having a good time." But and he was like, "No, girl, don't do this, girl, no." And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "You're gonna bring me down, and you're gonna be negative, and I don't want to hear any negativity right now." And I was like, "I was just gonna say, you know, make sure you work hard." And he was like, "Okay." And then another day I was talking to him, and it's the same thing. I was like, you know, I was thinking, no, girl, don't do this. Don't be negative. I can't take this right now. So whatever, right? So I was talking to my cousin. I have this gay cousin, Richard. He's a week younger than me, and he's gay. Uh-huh. And I was talking to him, and I said, I told him the story that I told you. And he goes, of course, you're real negative around Jose. And I was like, Whoa. what? And he goes, are you? Well, I guess I found out I am. He said... <laughs> Richard goes, have you noticed like when Jose tells a joke in front of you, he like looks at you and then you just tell him it's not funny. Joke. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, I do. I do know that Jose gets mad that I don't think he's funny. In fact, mm-hmm. here, a one time. <laughs> well, is he funny? He's become. Well, that's part of the story. But I remember one time we were driving around and I don't know what we were talking about. I maybe I said like, oh, would you. Uh, hook up with that girl walking down the street. I'm making it up, right? So, like, but it was a question like that. And he go, and Jose was like, "Ugh, I'd rather bake myself into a pie." And I started laughing. Uh-huh. And he got he saw me laughing. He got really, really angry, really angry. Why? Like punched the door. And I was like, "What's wrong with you?" And he goes, "I was doing an experiment." Because because you never laugh at my jokes, so I told you one of your jokes back to you. <laughs> To, to test you, because he his theory was that I didn't laugh at the jokes because he made it was them coming from him. But right. then I laughed <laughs> at my own joke <laughs> that I'd forgotten. I guess one time I said, "Oh, I'd rather bake myself into a pie." This is a pretty good joke. Yeah, and so, but ever since he's gotten funny, he's made me laugh several. In fact, related to the show, one time I was calling him a narcissist, and he goes, mm-hmm. "He goes, girl, shut up. You you have podcast about your podcast." <laughs> we prefer to call them mini episodes but yeah <laughs> um joey i went i told you that i was gonna go to vertigo vertigo at the uh throwback thursday thing oh yeah not to do a movie review because we don't do that but this i went is not was, a movie review website it was, it was kind of like well there was a lady in front of us who <laughs> Oh, no. They fucking get- find you, man. You're like a magnet no. for these people. No, Joey, Joey. So there's a, okay, some guys around us that were laughing loudly at things that weren't necessarily funny. Like, there's a scene the second time when she tries to throw herself into the ocean. 
and then he runs and they embrace and then the the waves like crash behind them and Mm -hmm. it's like very melodramatic and these guys are like just laughing this woman in front of me was like ready to kill them she was so mad and I was like, calm down. It's just, it's a movie. Why are you so upset? Whoa. This? <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> this is not, this is, it, wait, what day is it today? It's not April 1st, is it? <laughs> I'm, I've told you, Throwback Thursday is supposed to be fun. Like, you, you can't yell at the theater, at the movie screen and, like, talk about your day, but you can, like, cheer and you can laugh. Mm-hmm. I've never gotten mad at somebody for laughing in a movie. <clears throat> Never, Joey. You're exaggerating. If you we went to a comedy and I was laughing at the movie, and you hit me, like (laughs) no, not like hit me, like sock me in the mouth, but more like like back of your hand, slap my arm, like no, no. What I remember is there was a movie premiere, and like it was a silent, um, um, not premiere, um, what's it called? Preview. So it was a silent preview. I don't even remember for what. Maybe it was like doom, 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 doom. Or something like that, like no audio, and you're just watching it, and then Joe goes boring. <laughs> so like everyone in the theater hears your opinion, which was annoying. Anybody yeah. who knows me knows that story is completely false. <laughs> so we did Vertigo. I also went to a, a JDRF walk this morning, and Rod Kyle came with me and tabled the event uh, for my job, which was really nice of him. Uh, that's it. A kind of a really boring week. I have a huge campaign starting on Tuesday, which we'll probably talk about at the end of the episode a little bit. Are you running for office? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. tell you that. Mayor of uh Berkeley. Oh. Just kidding. You have my vote. Okay. Um, what do you have going on in the Bay Area, Mike? Um, okay, so there's this thing. This is actually California wide, but it affects the Bay quite a bit. Um, have you heard of a suicide barrier on a bridge? Or can you at least imagine what it might be? Yeah. Basically, I guess advocates against suicide say that um, people who jump off bridges, that usually it's an impulse and it has a lot to do with accessibility. So in California, they're trying to stop it. Um, And this goes for like all state-run bridges. Um, But the Golden Gate is certainly something that they have their eyes on um, because more people have committed suicide off the Golden Gate Bridge than anywhere in the world. So this is definitely something that they want to fix. USA! USA! (laughs) USA! So basically, they want to put these, like, um, things that it's, like, railing that would prevent people from jumping off bridges. Railing keeps me away from jumping off the Golden Gate. But what's interesting about it is, I guess in, I don't, I don't want to say like if you're gonna kill yourself, you're gonna kill yourself. But like, yeah, in, in before I read this article, I was thinking like, well, you know what, like, take away the bridge, and then they have. I mean, there's more than just bridges. Um, like there's other ways to keep off yourself if you're gonna oh, do yeah. it. You're gonna list do them it. all right now, Mike. However, however, Joey, uh-huh. uh, there's a UC Berkeley study that tracked a bunch of people who were prevented from jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge specifically, and only 6% of them actually went on to commit suicide after the failed attempt. So, like, stopping people actually does does work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you asking me? I don't know. I've never jumped off a bridge. 
Sometimes I no, never mind. No, let's not make suicide jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. People think that like this is just another expensive thing that. Remember that time you and I were peeing off the Golden Gate Bridge, and I was trying to make a joke like I had a big penis, and I was like, "Oh, the water's cold," and you were like, "And deep." It's an old timey. I think Richard Pryor told that joke. I was gonna say that. Is that really your joke? <laughs> no. Have you ever seen that movie called The Bridge about uh, suicides <laughs> off of the Golden Gate Bridge? Oh, I I've never seen it, but I know about it. Where they just like kept a camera on it for like a year or something. Yeah, it's a really tough movie to watch, but it's actually really good. I don't know. It's really good, and the movie is like not just about like people that uh, succeed at suicide on the Golden Gate. There's a few that. Can't even get that right. No, that <laughs> there's a few people that are saved from suicide. So maybe part of it is sit in traffic on the Golden Gate and they're like, ugh, I can't take this traffic. <laughs> I don't know. And then some people that are against this are actually saying, in terms of like dollars spent per life saved, there are better uses of public money than suicide barriers. So. You know, spend how much, how many dollars to save? Yeah, like lives, maybe. building a life-size chess board or whatever they want to build over there in San Francisco. Or <laughs> yeah, those are way better uses for tax dollars in San Francisco. God I don't damn, know. Fuck it, San Francisco, man. <sighs> I don't know. So, like, I guess some of the people that are against it are saying like blaming a bridge for suicide is like blaming the bullet for a gunshot victim. Um, I don't know. What's going on in LA? Something good? This is a weird story. So these people were in their house in L.A. And they heard crying. Mm -hmm. And they went outside. There was like a five-year-old boy just like lying in their backyard crying. Okay. And he was like, he didn't know who he was. He knew he was was a five-year-old boy. So he was like scared. He held onto the woman's, like it was a man and a woman. And he held onto the woman's hand and was crying for his mother. And he didn't know how he got there. And um, I guess their gate was locked. And so they took him to the hospital just to be sure. And, you know, the police came. Anyway, they've kind of figured out that basically, like, their pa- his parents threw them over the fence. What? Just to abandon him? Yeah. And why this house? Like, do you think yeah, his family looked excellent? They're like, we think he should live here. Well, I doubt they were, like, really thinking too clearly. But And yeah, why, wouldn't you just drive to, like, Beverly Hills and throw over one of those cool fences over there? No, because those people don't want a kid. If they want a kid, they would have already bought one. I wish my parents would have thrown me over a fence. <laughs> I would have. I, did, you, did you ever have that fantasy when you were a kid that you were adopted? No, and I, I've heard kids say this before. In, in, in fact, I think you even said something when we were talking about Little Orphan Annie. You were like, I wanted nothing more than a poon job or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, well, I would have loved for poon job to be hanging out with me and like making the helicopter fly around the room. As my billionaire father is making a deal with FDR, I would have loved that. Oh, and I loved Anne Ranking, remember? And she was like, Cecile will pick. Oh, hmm. Cecile is something with make you. You know, all the fucking queens out there right now are like going, like, singing the song for me. I don't even know what you're talking about. The song where she's showing Annie the whole house, and she goes, I don't know the song, but it's like the, where they're all the everyone in the house is so fucking happy to see this goddamn little redhead girl, and they're like, they're like the people in this house on Annie are 
fucking falling over themselves to say hi to this little girl. Right? And then she's like, in like a, 10 minutes, she's taking a bubble bath. And then like, uh, she's like, Dan, this guy, this guy had flowers for her. And he just fell on like, climbs up a lattice and gives them to her. Ugh, I would have loved that. If I, ugh, I wish, <sighs> I wish I was adopted is what I'm trying to say. Um, I have a story I want to tell you about, and I'm going to do it in a Joe Patan's fashion. So I don't have it in front of me. I read it, and I'm just going to make up all the facts that I don't know. What? <laughs> <laughs> so this woman up here in San Francisco, um, she decided that homeless people are too smelly. So mm-hmm. she ha- started this nonprofit that takes decommissioned buses, muni buses, and she converts them into like shower stalls and bathrooms and then they drive to nonprofits that serve homeless people and they give them toiletries and let them take showers in the retired buses i did pretty good of just remembering that that's pretty good people often are surprised to know that you and i don't look at each other you know when we record this show it's yeah. almost like a phone call <laughs> this is one of those times where i wish you could see my face i'm shaking my head and you would just see only the whites of my eyes because my pupils are rolled so back in the back of my why? head. Why? Wait, why? San Francisco, man. Wants their homeless people to shower. Those horrible people in San Francisco care about homeless people. Well, no, but do, What's something, wrong with that? do something that's more productive than just makes them not smell. Because it's about this what? woman. It's about this woman. She doesn't like smelling them. And it's about her because she wants to have cute homeless people. Well, I don't know that that's exactly her motivation, but maybe she's thinking like... like these homeless people aren't cute. Maybe she's thinking that, you know, this is a small step. Like, if they're showered, maybe they can try oh, to get I a job. I see what you're saying here. It's the broken windows theory. Do you know the broken, broken windows, theory? windows theory? Yeah. No. It was a theory. I don't know. I don't think... Uh, Bill Breton in New York came up with it, but I think it was like a sociological theory that he applied when he became chief of police in New York City. And the theory was this, and it worked. And I think he applied it in Los Angeles too when he was chief of police there, which is you ever go to ghetto neighborhoods and like there's fucking mattresses all over the place and broken windows and it's just not in, in disrepair. Yeah. So the theory was that crime was went up in these neighborhoods because the people had no pride in their neighborhood. And because they had no pride in their neighborhood, they had no problems doing crime. So the theory went that if you just fix up the neighborhood, people would have more pride in the neighborhood and crime would go down. And it works that they've done it in New York and it brought crime just plummeted. Same thing in Los Angeles. When he was chief of police in Los Angeles, they applied it and it just crime plummeted. And they've been using it in different places. So maybe it's a it's like a human version of that. That if you clean them up and dress them up on a regular basis and they feel better about themselves – then they can get themselves out of this state that they're in. You know what? I applaud this woman. I take it back. <laughs> I apologize. Well, I think some of it is hard. Like, there is people that, you know, have, like, willful drug abuse or are lazy or unwilling to work. But I think a lot of the homeless population is actually just received, like, a series of bad breaks, like, have domestic violence or child abuse or they lost two hundred dollars in Vegas on the craps table. <laughs> People that have been abandoned by the veterans benefits <laughs> infrastructure, that sort of thing is kind of what I was thinking. But like I think 
there's serious problems out there that aren't just like lazy. And when you have stories like this, a lot of times people talk about like, well, they just need to get a job or whatever. And I don't think that that's helpful in it. And I think that this woman with her silly bus idea is actually, you know, moving them in the right direction. I don't know. One commenter on the story said, what are they going to have to provide a second bus that's going to help them do their laundry? I thought that was kind of funny. It's funny because you're all showered, but then if you're putting on your homeless clothes that you just slept in out on the street where you, you know what I mean, was like where you were sleeping in filth, Mm -hmm. I think that's something that needs to be fixed too. Like I said, I'm a fan of this this new policy. I like this. Finally, San Francisco is doing something right. And you know what? Like I said before... I would love to date a homeless guy. <laughs> I don't understand this theory at all. He's going to be at your place all the time. Oh, no. That's what, no, that's the best part. I can just drop him off anywhere. You know, like sometimes you're, when you're, a guy spends a night and you're like, oh, i got to drive him all the way back to, you know, Fisherman's Wharf or I don't know where homeless live, right? So now I can just go like, eh, let's drop him off on 3rd and Fairfax. See ya. You're home. No. No, because he's like, all right, I'm... Guess I should go. I've been here all night. Uh, I'm gonna go uh, nowhere. I'm gonna go. You don't happen. You don't happen to have any underwear, do you? That I can steal. I'm gonna go check my email at the library. What size underwear do you wear, Joe? <laughs> I was like, oh, are you gonna steal it? No, I'm gonna jump out of an airplane. I need a parachute. Hmm. <laughs> <sighs> okay. I don't know, but and another point you and when you were angry before you hate before when you hated this woman, you said like mm-hmm. she's not doing like she's not doing something that's actually helpful. And I took I it back. That, I said she's helpful. No, I know, but that's a that's an argument that I think people are throwing out. I think it's a logical argument, but I think that areas like San Francisco, over here in the East Bay, in Berkeley quite a bit like a lot of money is spent on homelessness and trying to like help them and um solve some problems but like i don't think that in the past 30 years anything has really changed so maybe i don't know maybe money's not the right idea i don't know there was this uh i you know as we've discussed many times in the show i owned an sat prep company at one point and man i'm telling you i ended that business at the right time so there was this teacher uh, in Long Beach. Oh. You know about this? What's funny, we'll edit this out. Yeah, I I have the story open to talk about it next if you if we needed another story. Wait, but that's not a San Francisco story. I know, but I thought it was interesting. Oh. Sorry, can you just start over? <laughs> Why? <laughs> From the beginning. Hey, Joey. <laughs> From the whole beginning of the show. <laughs> Hi, Mike. <laughs> no, go ahead, wherever you were going to go. Anyway, so this teacher in Long Beach, the, some a student recorded her cursing out the class, you know? So I guess they were having some sort of discussion about race, and she was making the point that, you know, she's Italian, but, like, she doesn't refer to them as Italian-Americans, and something happened. Anyway, they were the student recorded her, and the teacher can be heard in this recording saying, I know my fucking shit. Don't fuck with that. I'm tired of trying to educate you, and you guys resist every step of the fucking way. Get the fuck out of here. Let me tell you something. (laughs) That was me in a good mood in my SAT classes. 
Like, yeah. if they recorded me, oh, my God. The guy from uh, To Catch a Predator would have walked in the door uh-huh. and, like, arrested me. The <laughs> shit we used to talk about in the SAT classes. No, but you wouldn't direct it at the students. Like, I know my fucking shit, shut the fuck up sort of conversation. Mike, that was me in a, saying shut the fuck up to a kid. That was, like, that, the kids would laugh. That was me paying them a compliment. Yeah, but that's, like, done in jest. Exactly. Like, that's, if this teacher said... If this teacher said, shut the fuck up, the way you said it and had the same relationship that you had, that would be totally different than what happened. Well, but my ultimate point, though, is with this new this new wave of cell phone cameras and, you know, towards the end of the SAT classes, I had kids who I would clock in out of my peripheral vision were filming me. Now, they weren't filming me to catch me, to get me in trouble. Right. Uh, they were filming me because they thought I was cool and they wanted to show their friends. But still... That can get out, and people can hear about it, and then parents see it, and it's on YouTube, and it's a thing. So sure. I, I got and out at the right time. One point that when I was doing SAT prep, too, like, the the student that said, like, that basically told on you for, like, letting a curse word slip or something was not the student that was, like, offended by the curse word. It was the kid that was, like, bragging about their fun SAT teacher that said the F word on accident. Like, it was always a kid that was bringing it up in front of somebody you know what i mean like you wouldn't get in trouble because you yeah it usually was like if the parents picked them up and they were talking to each other about how cool that was and stuff i thought you were going to talk about the teacher that was stabbed in front of students in oh no i okay i i know about that one too i have that so i have that down as one of my stories you can do the story if you want um but i was like mike might think i'm too morbid i feel like i've been doing a lot of like death stories Well, Joey, what I liked about it, I just liked, so it's an elementary school teacher, if you don't know, who was fatally stabbed while watching two dozen students play at a park. Yeah. My, the, I mean, she, she's dead. So this isn't like super funny, but the, the outing was called fun Friday. Mm -hmm. So she was at a playground near Huntington Academy when a man who they identified later was the father of her grandchildren. Oh, is that who it is? Okay. Yeah. So he came up from behind her and he just attacked her in front of all these kids with mm-hmm. a sharp instrument. That's all they're saying. So crazy. Yeah, right? I know. What were they, and what were the kids doing? Oh, you know what? Um, also, I think I could get this. I'm in the paper. I think I read, but the online article I'm looking at does. I think that the woman who uh, was murdered had custody of these grandchildren. So. Oh. That kind of interesting adds a layer of um, interesting story to it. Yeah, it's crazy. But in front of elementary school kids. But I guess if you're like crazy and you're going to murder somebody, you're not like, hmm, what will these kids think? I don't want to mess up these kids. Yeah, no, that's a horrible, horrible story. And I'm trying to even find a way to spin it to like not make it horrible. You can't. <laughs> no. Really? Weren't there other adults there? Yeah, I guess so. Do you, but think, like, do you think when she dead and the kids were like, so were they like, ooh? <laughs> how do, they kids, all like how do kids learn that song? What song? Ooh? Like, the, ooh, you're in trouble. Does someone teach it to them? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just having kids, they learn it from other kids. So, like, it's just been passed down to down to down? Or it's on TV? It's like a weird kid yeah, It's like a weird kid mythology. Maybe it's on TV. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. 
Hmm. What do you got going on next week, Mike? Joey, I have so much, so much work going on. Um, so I run this campaign called the Big Blue Test. And in fact, if you don't mind, I'm going to take two seconds to explain it very quickly because I need help. So between um, basically now, if you're hearing this um, between now and November uh, 14th, which is World Diabetes Day, uh, people can go on to BigBlueTest.org and submit a, a test. All you have to do is get active for 14 to 20 minutes and then submit a test. We need 20,000 people to do it so that we can uh, basically get a donation. <laughs> so we can get a donation that we then grant out to small nonprofits that are providing life-saving supplies and services to people living with diabetes in need. So we need it. We need the help because we're helping other people. So go to BigBlueTest.org. There's also an iPhone app and a, uh, an Android app that you can uh, download onto your smartphone and you can uh, uh, help others and help yourself. BigBlueTest.org. Sounds good. Also, I'm going to Rosemary's Baby on Thursday oh. at the Throwback Thursday. So, uh, I ne- I have never seen Rosemary's Baby before. Oh, I have actually. Yeah, I've never seen it, so I'm kind of curious. I mean, I've heard enough about it. I'm not a horror fan normally. It's not. Uh, it's not like it's not. What makes it actually kind of creepy is not your traditional horror movie. It's not like it's not bloody. No, not at all. It's all psychological. Okay. It's kind of okay. like the game you play on me. Which is you just drive me to madness. What do you got going on? Is it sad that the only thing I have going on is um, that I can think of? You know, something will happen. But, you know, my guru, my teacher, <laughs> Marianne Williamson, uh-huh. she's been doing these cryptic announcements. or these cryptic, She's been doing these cryptic Facebook messages that she has a big announcement this coming Sunday. And, like, Alanis Morissette's going to perform after her announcement. Okay. So it's it's free. She wants people to be there for the announcement. Um, I think she's going to run for fucking office or something like that. I don't know what she's going to do. Okay. But um, I'm going to go to that with some friends. I've seen Alanis Morissette perform. I love Alanis Morissette. She was opening for somebody, and I was more excited about her than the actual act. Oh, really? Yeah. It was recently. It was in Phoenix, but it was fairly recently. I can't imagine her in Phoenix. Oh, Phoenix is the worst. There's a place called the Cricket Amphitheater. Cricket? Like Cricket Wireless. Do you know that company? It might be a regional thing. So there's a like a wireless company called Cricket and they sponsor the Cricket Amphitheater. And it's all outside and they have concerts there year round. So you're like in this tight theater, but it's like 111 degrees outside. It's pretty gross. Um, I saw John Mayer there, but it it makes the the people performing take off their clothes and the Ooh. people in the audience. So like John Mayer came out with no shirt on. Yeah. But I feel like John Mayer doesn't have a good body. He feels like he, he does. Oh, oh you're he wrong. does. Oh. Yeah. You're wrong. Yeah. Totally wrong. Oh, um, he also doesn't seem like your type. He is. You're wrong again. Hmm. <laughs> I don't have a type. That's a thing though. Hmm. I don't, I know that it doesn't work with your, the, the narrative you want to create. So you could tell jokes, but I really don't think I'm not telling a joke. Do. I just said he doesn't seem like your type. No joke. I, no, I, but I know that that doesn't fit with the narrative you want to tell. Rod Kyle's calling you. Oh, did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> it's actually a Snapchat from Brian Gregory. So what else? Um, What do you go? You, nothing, that's all you have going on? I, things happened last minute for me. I don't, I don't, uh, 
I don't I don't plan things out. Like this movie and the barbecue place that happened last minute. I'm going to Malibu after this. That happened last minute. All right. Nice catching up with you, Joe. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, yeah, I mean... Um, uh, um, 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 um,